0: pumped to vote you know do you I vote early vote, vote early vote often that is my motto oh i love to go on the day i do too it is fun to go on the day
1: yeah and the sticker i voted yeah. early once the sticker i, one. The I sticker. have every single sticker <laughs> yeah. i've ever
0: gotten from voting it's in a little collection
1: welcome back to the health in the 34th podcast this is episode two of our podcast so if you haven't already, be sure to go back and listen to our first episode. Uh, welcome, my name is Lacey Ken and I'm the Director of Communications for the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas.
2: And I'm Marissa Story StoryBank Fellow for the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. We are so glad to be back with all of you and to talk with our guest today, Taylor Morton, the Alliance Advocacy Specialist. Hello, Taylor. Hi, it's great to be here. So Taylor runs out the full-time employees that work with us at the Alliance. We had our executive director, April Holman, on last week, so we are really excited to continue the conversation about the work that we do at the Alliance
1: and how people can get involved. Yeah, so Taylor, your job is especially important to our work at the Alliance because, as we talked about last week with April, our goal is to make the movement for can care Expansion so loud and so big that it can't be ignored. And a lot of the work you do Uh, is keeping the movement going, it falls to you. So give us an overview. What does your job entail? What do you do every day?
0: Yeah, my job involves leading many of the Alliance's grassroots and legislative advocacy efforts. I get to work with grassroots advocates and community leaders throughout the state to help enhance our advocacy efforts in Kansas communities. Um, with the goal, you know, I always work with the goal of energizing, educating and empowering advocates. Um, I plan events in that vein uh, to help and I help Kansas advocates do the same. Um, I'm always looking for ways to connect with people who are passionate about their communities and who care about expansion. Um, advocacy really looks different in every community because every community in Kansas is unique. Uh, and that's why the opportunity to connect with advocates is so important. I also help facilitate many of our legislative advocacy efforts and I'm really passionate about empowering Cane Care Expansion Advocates to engage with our democracy you know, through legislative and other forms of advocacy.
1: The three E's, <laughs> empower, engage, and educate. Yeah, I that like pretty much that.
0: sums it up, that pretty much I like sums it, it up. like yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> So Taylor, you actually have a really interesting uh, background in social work. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose to go into the advocacy space? Oh gosh, this is
0: something I could talk about for hours, but I, I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking back, I think I've always been drawn to advocacy. Like I was always the kid in the, on the playground who stood up to bullies and who would talk to teachers and administrators if I felt like something in our classroom wasn't you know being done fairly or what have you. Um, And then when I was an undergraduate student uh, studying sociology and Spanish at the University of Kansas, I got involved with some student groups um, that had advocacy components and I was really interested in in getting more involved in that space. Um, And I thought about going into law school for a little while, but I decided on social work because I just loved the emphasis that the field placed on justice and I really appreciated the people-centered approach. Advocacy. Um, And in graduate school, uh, when I was at Washington University in St. Louis, I took my first class related to advocacy. And in that class, actually, we learned about a grassroots campaign um, that happened here in Kansas that really stuck out to me because, you know, my home state and everything. But it was the campaign to pass the Kansas Indoor Clean Air Act. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is a really interesting story. And it's actually one that, you know, we talked about in my master's program in Missouri because it's just one of the most successful examples of a state-level grassroots campaign, and I was so excited to be learning about it in class, and it really sparked something in me. Um, You know, leading up to the passage of the Kansas Indoor Clean Air Act, uh, the vast majority of Kansans supported an indoor smoking ban, but the legislature was listening to a minority of, of louder and better organized voices that were in opposition. So the Clean Air Kansas campaign was created to mobilize about 10,000 supportive Kansans who, you know, in turn contacted their legislators and advocated on behalf of this legislation and it worked and the law passed. Um, and this is just one example of many successful grassroots campaign, but I just loved it because it really went to show that uh, the power of our collective voices can be so impactful in influencing policy.
1: For those who might be listening to this who uh maybe they're interested in advocacy or medicaid expansion and they want to get involved in their community uh, but they don't have any previous experience with it can you give them an idea of what advocacy might look like like I, you know i'm sure we have a picture in our head of what maybe what we've seen on the news or in other media of what advocacy looks like but advocacy can take on a lot of different it can look different right so what are the different ways a person can advocate
0: yeah i think when people think of advocacy they a lot of times will picture you know protests and rallies and while that's a Mm -hmm. super important part of activism and policy advocacy it's not the only component far from it really Um, advocacy can be making a phone call to a legislator and having a continuous dialogue with them or making posts on social media or writing letters to the editor, op-eds to local papers. Um, and advocacy can also be as easy as having a conversation with a friend or a family member. And yeah, it's incredibly important to make your voice heard at you know, public rallies and things like that. And it's crucial to connect to your legislators and to be able to you know, have those ongoing conversations with them. But it's also important to keep having those conversations with the people you know. You know this kind of peer-to-peer advocacy is a really easy, but also incredibly impactful way to grow movement.
1: Yeah, so you can really um, mold your advocacy to your personality and what you're comfortable with. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do. I like that.
0: So Taylor,
2: last week with April, we talked about how the only clear path forward for expansion in Kansas is through the legislative process, which I know we all know seems very, very daunting. Um, But that also makes advocating with our legislators critical for the success of our work. But for many people, talking to legislators and asking them for what you want can be really intimidating, especially if you know or suspect that they might not be in favor of what you want. I know that makes me nervous as well. Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) can you talk to us about preparing for overcoming that hurdle? Any advice for people or maybe advice for myself for individuals who might feel intimidated to contact their legislators?
0: Absolutely. I remember the first time I contacted one of my legislators, actually. I was 19 years old and I was a total nervous wreck the entire time, like thinking, surely this legislator is going to laugh my ear off on the phone thinking like, who, who does this girl think she is, yeah. right? But um, I was literally shaking, holding the phone to my <laughs> ear. Um, I was participating in a call-in day on campus uh, when I was an undergraduate student, and. I just felt so ridiculous, honestly, as I was making the phone call. And as soon as I got on the phone with my legislator, like not only did they take me seriously and respond to everything in a thoughtful manner, but they actually thanked me for giving them a call. Um, And when I hung up, I was so excited and energized um, and ready to make another one. I think I literally said, who can I call next? You know, something (laughs) like that. Um, But it really is. I I say that because to validate, hopefully, if if there are any listeners who, who feel that way about contacting a legislator, it really is nerve wracking. You know, there's a, perceived power dynamic that you know you kind of think of a legislator as someone with an immense amount of authority that they might not want to hear from you but that's just so not the case i can really attest to that feeling it's a natural feeling Uh, but legislators Bottom line, they represent you and they represent your interests. And in a sense, they work for you um, and they need to hear from you in order to make well-informed decisions in office. You know, I would say to anyone feeling nervous or intimidated about contacting your legislators, just remember that sharing your input and your perspective, it's not only important, but it's actually necessary for our democratic process to proceed as it's supposed to. Um, I would also emphasize the importance of ending any conversation with a legislator with a clear ask. You know, make it clear what you're asking them to do or what you're asking them to support or oppose. And I would also kind of throw in that the Alliance is always here to help if you have questions about reaching out to your legislators. There are several advocacy toolkits we have that help guide you through the process, and I'd also be happy to talk with, with anyone who has any reservations about reaching out to a legislator. Sometimes you will get a no, and, and that's okay. Um, it's not the end of the dialogue. It, it's only the end of the dialogue if, if you end it there. Um, and you can take what you learned from that conversation and call them again with updated information that maybe addresses the concerns they gave you or you know why they said no in the first place. Um, and it can be a slow process, but it's really important that we continue to have these conversations and keeping those dialogues open
1: so you mentioned uh just a few minutes ago about that we have advocacy toolkits Mm -hmm. where that will help walk them through it and you know give tons of resources and advice so tell us more about those advocacy toolkits Uh, what else do we have where can they find them things like that
0: yeah we have several advocacy toolkits uh, that are designed to help you engage in the kind of legislative advocacy that we've been discussing here Um, And these toolkits include things like call scripts, um, formats for writing a letter to your legislator, you know, email templates and other materials that'll really help guide conversations with legislators. Um, They also include resources to help you create effective social media content, um, as well as, you know, things that'll help you write a letter to the editor or an op-ed, if that's something you're able to do and interested in. Um, We also on our website, in addition to the toolkits, uh, we have fact sheets about can care expansion from a variety of perspectives, you know, what it means for the disability community, you know, what it would mean for, you know, small business owners, things like that. Um, and you'll also find county-specific fact sheets, and, um, as well as stories from Kansans who are living in the coverage gap, uh, really just to round out what care Expansion would mean for Kansas. Um, and all these resources can be printed and shared, and I would really encourage you to do that. Um, and you can also reach out to me if you have other questions about CanCare Expansion and advocacy that maybe aren't answered in, in these resources.
2: Taylor, I would like to learn more about the peer-to-peer advocacy that you mentioned earlier, because I think the foundation of our work really depends on supporting talking to those in their networks, so their neighbors, family members, and friends, about the importance of expansion. Uh, What might peer-to-peer advocacy look like? How can a person get started, and what kinds of things can our more seasoned advocates work to do on a peer level?
0: Peer-to-peer advocacy is as easy, like I said, as having a conversation with a friend or a family member. Um, You know, when talking to people that we know, there's already a level of trust and rapport that's been built, you know, over the span of the relationship. And that makes it a lot easier to have conversations about cancare care expansion. Um, You know, I can cold call a thousand people and there's still a chance I might not be able to form a connection with any of them. Uh, But when I have conversations with my friends and family about can care expansion, they're already more engaged on a base level, you know, because they know me. Um, So it really can be that easy. Um, Another way to engage in or even just look to learn more about peer-to-peer advocacy and what it looks like is by joining our Healthy Kansas Advocacy Community. Uh, We meet usually twice a month um, and our meetings are really just a time for us to connect and brainstorm, strategize as a community of CanCare Expansion Advocates. You know, we share what our ongoing advocacy looks like, discuss how we can further our efforts, you know, talk about what peer-to-peer advocacy looks like in our lives. You know, whether it's organizing a Walk with the Gap group walk with a group of friends or, you know, just asking me to send you more buttons that you can give out at a church group meeting, uh, you know, things like that. We really talk about it all. Um, and it's a great group. It's so much fun. I really love them. the meetings, to be honest. Um, and it's a wonderful space for just talking about everyday advocacy.
1: Yeah, I think peer to peer advocacy is so underrated a lot of times because, mm-hmm, you know, we all have we have friends. If my friends like. Hey, I got this new shampoo, and my hair looks amazing. Yeah. I'm going to run out and buy that. Exactly, (laughs)
0: Like, she and I have very different hair, but I'm still going to do it. (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned the hair thing, because I was actually kind of where I got the idea for this, like, to use this model. My sister recommended the hair product to me, and I was like, what if we recommended... Care expansion yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I think about like.
2: There's just great policy <laughs> on the market, you guys. No, honestly. That's, that it's is very I'm exclusive. 0%
0: joking. <laughs> that's where the idea came from. <laughs>
1: So we have the Healthy Kansas Advocacy Community that's ongoing. Way to get plugged in. We actually had a meeting uh, the night before we were recording this. Yeah. And we had people from every corner of the state. Mm -hmm. It was so exciting. So even if you don't know anything beyond, hey, I listened to this random podcast I found and I just want to get plugged in. You do not need any previous experience to join us. Please join yes. us. And um. they, they
0: are all on Zoom, so it's very easy.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, what else do we got going on? Taylor, what What else are we doing these days?
0: Oh, gosh. We have lots of things going on right now. Um, we're currently engaged in our Walk with the Gap campaign, um, specifically the Fall Challenge, uh, which has been so much fun. Um, I personally have really been enjoying it. Um, and our goal with the Fall Challenge is to bring awareness to Cancare Expansion by walking the perimeter of Kansas, you know, collectively as a group it's about 1250 miles Um, and as some of you may know um, i was personally shocked to learn this every state that borders kansas has expanded their medicaid program which is essentially left kansas as an island without affordable health coverage for many of its residents um by coming together as a statewide community of advocates uh to you know collectively walk that perimeter we're increasing the visibility of the eight and ten kansans who support can care expansion and having some fun while we do it Um, so advocates can log their miles on our website and participate in group walk events across the state and it doesn't have to be walking to you know whatever form of movement you prefer whether it's biking running canoeing
1: should we give a what shout out you? to your dad yeah
0: i was gonna yeah. say my dad logged miles after mowing the lawn in his t-shirt so <laughs> i love that <laughs> amazing really, he calculated <laughs> yes i love it he daddy calculated it down to the step <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so if you visit the events tab on our website you can find a, a list of group walk events and we keep that tab updated so you can keep an eye out for for future events that might be coming to uh, to your area too um, and we also have a really exciting video collection project going on right now. Uh, we are collecting short videos, about 15 to 30 seconds um, of advocates answering the question, why are you one of the eight and 10 Kansans who support cane care expansion? Uh, this project is a really simple, yet also super impactful way to advocate and use your voice. So if that's something you want to participate in.
1: Yeah, we need everybody please. to do it's that. It's a critical please? mass <laughs>
0: thing for sure. Just as many people as possible. Uh, you know, and it doesn't matter if you say something super innovative that's never been said before or if it's something that's been said a thousand times. It's impactful nonetheless if we get to that critical mass. So. Something to think about. You can say
1: I support King, or I'm one of the eight and ten Kansans who support can care expansion because it's the right thing to do.
0: Mm -hmm. It can be that easy, yeah.
1: That easy, yeah.
0: Yeah, super painless process. We love it. And with the legislative session getting closer, uh, we have a lot of exciting things on the horizon uh, in terms of engaging in legislative advocacy. So that's something to to keep an ear out for as well, and we'll keep you posted.
2: Taylor, we've talked about this research quite a bit, um, but it's really important. So, research continuously shows widespread support for CanCare expansion. Uh, Can you tell us why you are one of the 8 in 10 Kansans who support CanCare expansion?
0: Yes. I am one of the 8 in 10 Kansans who support CanCare expansion because 150,000 Kansans currently living in the coverage gap would become eligible for health insurance coverage, and that is something I will proudly and wholeheartedly advocate for any day.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today, Taylor. The work you do is so important to the Alliance
1: and to affecting change. Yeah, and um, if people want to get in touch with you, they can find all your info on our website, expandcancare.com, right?
0: Absolutely. Or just send me an email. It's taylor at expandcancare.com. I'm not kidding. I love hearing from you guys. (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you all for joining us we release episodes of
1: the health in the 34th podcast every other wednesday as we get closer to the legislative session hopefully we get some movement some things happening in which case we may uh, make that more frequently but we will always keep you up to date on this podcast and uh, on our website and on our social media be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get all of the episodes and it would really really help us if you would leave us a review uh, that will help other people find us. Also share us on your social media with your friends and family. And we would love to know if there is a topic that you would like us to cover, send us an email. Our email address is info, I-N-F-O, at expandcancare.com.
2: And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Pretty much all of it, you guys. And you can find all this information on our website,
1: expandcancare.com. All right. Uh, Taylor, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll see you all next time. Have a great week. (laughs) Health in the 34th is a podcast from the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe and share our podcast with others. Episodes written, recorded and edited by Marissa Alcantar and Lacey Kennett. Episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join the movement and get involved on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. To find out more about the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas, visit us at expandcancare.com.
2: Mine's got, I've got like a little book, little like velvet blue book that has, like, I oh, put the stickers too. in there, and I'm like, okay, here's the person, here are the people that were up for election, and this is the year. That makes me it's so all happy. There. What? I love I'm gonna do it for every election. <laughs> yes. Did you say it's blue velvet? Yeah, it's like a blue velvet book. Mine's yeah. just in I a I found box. it at some like, <laughs> some, like, I don't know, some thrift store or something, and
0: I was, I was like, like, oh, it's cool, I'll
1: take it. And I'm obsessed. Marissa's so much
0: cooler than me. That is so cool. That is so <laughs> <equally> cool. <laughs>